Uh, starting off, I have a really great guest tonight, a friend of mine, an actual friend. I'm really, really excited to talk with her on this because we've he's the one that got me into doing stuff on you now. If you have questions about anything, right, beginning of the school year is coming up, you are maybe like generally like a passive watcher of this. If you have a question, go ahead and put it out there. We'll do our best to get to it. And you can leave those on YouTube or you now. If you're watching this as a rebroadcast, you can go ahead and leave your question below. I get push notifications of those and I try and answer those as quickly as I can. And if you have a private matter, right, go ahead and leave a, like send me an email or a DM or something like that. And two real quick things before we get started on this. One, I want to remind everyone that I'm running a donor's choose and I'm trying to get flexible seating for my flexible student that I have in my classroom. I have all these guys in my class this year that have all kinds of different learning needs and I'm just trying to like make the space as much about them as I can. So if I can get some standing desks or some beanbag chairs or some different options for them, that's what I'm kind of shooting for. And if you go onto this uh, afterwards, you'll see my donors choose page will pop up there also. Um, and so other than that, uh, I am, what was my other thing I was going to say? I forget. Oh, I want to just really quickly thank all the people that show up as regulars here every week and always ask questions. And I'm not going to remember everyone's name, but I'm thinking of like Senior S and the Ninja Teacher and CC Moffat that show up every week and you ask questions and it's, I just love, I love the idea of like building a community. Like that's what we're doing. So those of you that are just uh, jumping in here, um, I am down the shore today. So my background is different um, because I'm at the beach and I'm staying at a friend's house. So right now I'm going to guest in my friend, if I can get rid of that screen, uh, my friend Kate. Oh, Kate, your thing away. Kate, the sleepy teacher slash artist, your guesting thing keeps disappearing. Kate, Kate is who introduced me to, um, to you now, and she is excellent, and she teaches in Southern California, and she is, I'm not, Kate, I'm not allowed to guest you in, keeps disappearing. So we're going to talk tonight about anything you want. We don't have a topic this evening because I'm at the beach and Kate what's going on here and I don't even have this super secret not so secret rather wife with me this evening she is uh, at the beach with the kids and they are getting ice cream right now hmm just a moment I see everyone that's popping in I want to also say that I really so like I don't usually get to see the chat because it disappears immediately after this is done um, Kate, I'm trying to guess who in right now. Oh, there it goes. But I love all the conversation that people are having. Like when folks are excited to see other folks in the chat section, um, there's this whole dialogue that's happening. Hi. Kate, what's up? Hi. How are, are you? Gonna, wait, I'm going to invite people. Hang on one second. Yeah, do it. I was just okay. saying um, while you're doing that, that I noticed last week, I know I never see the chat on YouTube because my wife is always the one that's yeah. like painting that. Uh, but there is like this whole conversation that is happening in the chat, like between different people that are like excited to see one another that show up in, in the chat area and like, uh, ask where you've been and they're having these whole conversations and it's, 
it's kind of awesome. Like I didn't know any of that yeah. was, was taking place. Um, when, when you see me, see me, I can see you. Okay. Hang on. I've got to get my headphones. Okay. I am also, I have to look at my own phone tonight to see the questions. So it's going to look like I'm not paying attention a lot of time. This is a little different version of the show tonight. Uh, this is, this is funny. My wife is, is Kate, where'd you go? What'd you do, Kate? Kate just guessed it herself out. This is, this is going to be some show this evening. I can feel it already. Here she comes. Just popping back in there. And... Kate, say yes. I'm inviting Kate in now. Kate is not, now she's sitting, no response. Um, so anyway, I really, really have been enjoying that idea of like people come on, having conversations that are like kind of doing their own thing. Now the night not so secret wife is back up here. I am I'm trying to, but Kate is not allowing me to guess her in. What do you mean she's not allowing it? Like it's not popping up as being able to guess her in. Oh, well, it's not she, coming up as an option. I had her as a guest and then she disappeared. Um hold on, I'm trying to fix this now. Thanks for hanging in there, everyone. I see a bunch of my buds on there. Edwin. See Jenny J in there. Oh my gosh, why isn't this working? This will be fun as a rebroadcast. If you watch this as the rebroadcast, I'll let you know when the skip ahead to. Look, see, it's not giving me the option. Probably making it happen. I know. Um, Here we go. You got it? Did she text us? Let's see. Connecting? Maybe? Maybe? Kate? Okay, this is so weird because it keeps saying going live. I, I'll just deal with it, but it's totally bizarre on my side. I've never seen it look like this. It's fine. <laughs> can you, you can see me, right? You. Oh! Okay, so I'm gonna refresh and then I'll put myself in the guest queue and look for me in there. You know the the thing with the camera? Yeah, over here on Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Okay. So let me refresh and then we'll go from there. <laughs> so I try it again. Hang on. Sounds good. All right, folks, while I'm waiting for Kate, I'm gonna take your questions because I can handle this on my own. No help from my wife. Um Bye. Goodbye, wife. Uh, so, Radina is saying, I'm substitute teaching for the first time tomorrow and would love some tips. I don't have any teaching background and I'm subbing as a way to see if I want to pursue teaching and I'm super nervous. Radina, I'm going to say this, first of all. Do not take your substitute 
experience and decide whether or not you want to be a teacher. It is a night that's like babysitting someone else's kids and deciding if you want to have a baby or not. It does not give you a real sense of whether you should be a teacher or not. But I would say I'm going to guess Kate in as I'm answering this. Um, I would let me see if this works. Now I'm going to finish that thought in just a second. Working, maybe. I don't know why I do this thing with my fingers every time I'm waiting for someone to guest in. But it's weird not having my regular setup. I have my computer set up on like a stack of napkins. I'm going rogue tonight. Kate, are you connecting? All right, I'm going to finish that thought while I'm waiting for Kate. So I would say be consistent. Don't try and be too tough. Like the kids are going to try and like get one over on you or, or whatever they're going to try and do tomorrow. I would say try and connect with a student that doesn't feel like they've ever been connected with before, right? Someone that looks like they've flown below the radar and just help them to have the best day that they can. That's, Kate, I can't see you, but I can, I can hear you breathing, I think. <laughs> there you are. Now. I don't know. You know it's been having issues, so I don't know what's going on. But anyway. <laughs> you know, if you would just upgrade and allow you to do this, it would be so much simpler. I don't know why they don't have like multi, they don't allow multiple guests on there or something like yeah. that. <laughs> you yeah. know is they're, they're working on updates. So anyway. <laughs> One of the questions I got that I was talking about was, um, have you ever, did you ever substitute teach before you taught? Yes, <laughs> I sure did. I did everything from like the baby program, like at high school, all the way to um, like sixth grade. So I worked with uh, special day preschool kids. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you like substitute teaching? No. <laughs> uh, I know it was it was just so stressful. Like if if I knew that like if I knew the school and I knew the teachers, that was fine. But. You just never knew what you were going to get. I actually really loved roving. Have you ever been a roving sub? No. So basically, like, when maybe, like, a bunch of teachers need to be pulled out for, you know, like, a meeting or something like that, they have one sub, and they go around to each classroom. So I liked that, because then you get an idea of, like, where you want to be, and yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, one of the viewers, Radina, was asking – uh, she's subbing for the first time tomorrow, and she's asking if there are any tips for her as a sub for the first time tomorrow. And I and I I said to just be like just I would just have some fun with it instead of trying to be like a real disciplinarian and and maybe look for that kid that like you could help in the class. You could maybe help uh -huh. them with homework. You could like let them be seen or something like that. But overall, I mean, subbing is just. I thought it was a drag. I did it once, and yeah. I thought, I, it's like being a step parent or something. Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to like be in there for a for a minute after someone else has ruined it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I I used to like avoid it. I'd put like the the phone call like on silent so it wouldn't wake me up in the morning. And my parents would always be like, uh, "How come you never get any jobs?" I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> It's totally weird. Nope. But I think for me, probably the hardest thing is you just don't know the kid's name. So, like, you know, having them have, like, names or whatever. Hi, Tay. And then I would also, too, just, like, expect that they're going to try to pull one over on you. So kind of, like, set up your own, like, classroom community, like, at the beginning. Take that time. Because I think teachers, we inherently give, like, more than we know is going to get done. 
Yeah. But take that time when you get there right away to like kind of build that community yourself, even if you're only there for a day, you know? Yeah. So that's what I would say. I mean, I always ask my kids when I come back, I'm like, all right, come on, spill the beans, what'd you do? <laughs> because I, I love to know what they did, what they pulled over on, because they will pull something over on the sub. That's just, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as, I'm sorry, we jumped right into this, but I was already answering yeah. your question, and there was a little bit of confusion in the beginning. Could you yeah. go ahead and like, introduce yourself so those that are watching that don't know who you are, even though you're a You Now star, you could give them... <laughs> yeah, I see a bunch of people pulling in. Um, okay, so I'm Kate, and I teach third grade at an international baccalaureate dual immersion school in, in, in San Diego. Yeah, it's a mouthful. And I'm in, going into my 14th year of teaching. So, and um, yeah, I mean, it was weird kind of how I got into all of this. And I remember starting YouTube and it was kind of like, everyone's like, you got to have a YouTube channel. So then I did and I just kind of got sucked into like the social media world. And so I'm a little bit here, a little bit there. You could kind of find me everywhere. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I worked in Costa Rica for a year. Um, yeah, I've worked kind of all over the world and currently San Diego is my home. So yeah, yeah. Well, for the last like 30 years, more or less. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So I'm going to ask your help this evening because the not so secret wife isn't with me tonight. So I can't, I'm like trying to look at both of these screens. Yeah, <laughs> I can, I'm good. I can do both. I can pull up YouTube and check it if you need me to. Awesome. I'm so, a good multitasker. What are you, what are you excited about going into this school year or what are you nervous about going into this school year? So my numbers are going up and I am very nervous about it because I'm going to have up to 28 per class, but I have two classes. So my caseload is really 56. Now I know as a high school teacher, <laughs> that's nothing, but in the elementary world, that's a lot of kids. It's <laughs> a lot of kids. So that makes me a little bit nervous just because I already know how hard it is with like 25 kids, how to get everything done, but you'll make do. And, and then I'm just really excited about this year because like I go in every year and I look at the year before and I ask myself like, what do I need to improve on? So every year I have a new focus, right? So it's something to get excited about. So my focus this year is science actually. So I'm going to see how much I can incorporate science into whatever it is that I'm teaching. So I'm really excited about it. I feel like yeah. that came up, I don't know if that came up between you and I, I don't know if it's a private conversation before or something that was online, but this idea of like picking a thing per year to really, really focus on instead of mm -hmm. thinking like, oh, I, here's all the stuff I could improve on and yeah. then I'm going to just do all of that instead like thinking, nope, this year, like planning is going to be my thing or classroom management is going to be my thing mm -hmm. or you know, uh, whatever else it is, like connection relationships with students is going to be my thing. Like pick that one thing a year and then really like come up with some goals for yourself and then try and tackle those. And that's a lot yeah. better, I think, than trying to have way too many things. Cause then you're going to fail. Like, like I always think your goals should be achievable. Like, so I was telling someone this on the phone this morning that like, when I go to the gym, I set the bar remarkably low, like pretty, sometimes <laughs> Go up to the gym. That's all I gotta do. If I walk in to, to Planet Fitness and I and I ding my little card and they and they <laughs> get credit for the day, 
like, I'll be like, all right, I can go home now if I want to. Or sometimes it's like run a mile on the treadmill. That's it. That's all I got to do. And then <laughs> if I do that, then I like can give myself credit for doing a good job. And then I can take it from there and like yeah. add things on as I go and feel a sense of accomplishment. But I think far too often we put too much stuff. We're like, no, this is going to be the best year ever. And this is why like all my kids are going to test above grade level. And they're all going to be reading books by the end of the year and loving class. And then it's like, nope, when you don't achieve that stuff, it just sucks. And yeah. You're disappointed in yourself. So I think like well, picking that thing is a good idea. Teaching is so stressful and overwhelming anyway, and you don't need to be adding extra pressure to yourself. You just don't. And so I think that like, I think that if you pick one thing and every year I pick something new, you know, so that way I can grow and learn as well. But um, I'm, I'm like constantly innovating so it doesn't get boring either, but I don't need any extra pressure. There's plenty in yeah. teaching. No so. way. Someone is asking, here's a, I feel like this is a, a timely question, but Barry Nice is asking, uh, they said, hello, I'm a new subscriber and a first year teacher. I'm so happy that I found your channel. Do you have any tips for first-year teachers, anything we should keep in mind, or any effective management strategies? I've been getting this question a lot lately in terms mm -hmm. of like comments and emails. What's your go-to advice for like brand-new teachers? Honestly, breathe. I mean, really, in reality, because there are going to be so many things that are coming to you that you can't control. And if you work yourself up, like you're just, it, it's not going to end well. So just breathe. And it's it, like, I promise it's all going to be okay. It really is. I mean, I think a lot of times people look at us veteran teachers and be like, oh, it's so easy for them now. No, <laughs> it's never easy. But I think we just can breathe and relax and we know that it's all, all going to be okay. You know? I think that's the most important. And then I think too, like people are so worried about their students liking them. If you're a strong teacher and you've got those expectations and you kind of have your, they're going to love you. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you are fair to them, they're going to love you. But you, you can't, like if you try to be their best friend, you may not get that respect that you expect from them, you know, because you're their friend now. And the two just are not the same. Like you have to separate it. They can respect you and love you, but if you try to be their friend and then expect them to, to follow through with your rule, they're like, no, you're my friend. I don't have to do that. So be very careful about that. I had a, my friend was a first year teacher and she was all about being their friend. And then she's like, they never listened to me. And I was like, well, I mean, you, you set the standard. You're their friend. You're not their teacher, you know? So it's, I, I think being very careful of that you know, setting those expectations, they will meet them. They will raise and they will meet them. Yeah. So. And I think, I think if you do that, right. So I, one of the things I tell first year teachers is the beginning of the year of the year is not the end of the world. Right. So if you go in yes. the first day, the first week, the first month, you totally, it does not go according to plan. Like the kids aren't as into your lessons as they, as you thought yeah. they were that really super cool idea you thought about, <laughs> you, you start the class every day like totally failed and no one thinks it's that cool or you know no one's listening to you and you were sure that you got along so well with kids and now they're not listening to you I think take a step back and realize all you have to do is reassess right you like you can so many I remember in college like them saying like if you don't win the first week or the first day of school 
it's ruined. Like you're screwed for the rest of the year. And I just don't think that's true in yeah. the slightest. You can yeah. always come back. Um, now, it might take a little bit more effort or some time. Yeah. But if, when you're in your first year, everything's going to take effort and time anyway. So think of it as like you're just trying stuff out. And I think you should try it full force. Like put all of your chips in when you have that classroom management strategy. But if it doesn't work out, like like dial it back and then just reassess and, and go yeah. and something else. Um, and I would say if that happens, reach out. Do not, you know, try and like be as the least amount prideful as you can be and reach out to other people in the school or yes. to be honest, if YouTube existed when I started teaching, I would be reaching out to YouTube teachers as well or people yeah. blogs and asking them for their advice. Like what would they do in those particular situations? Because then they're not, you know, then maybe you're not putting your dirty laundry out so much mm -hmm. in, the school, uh, in the beginning of the year, but you're asking people that still have experience, still care and, you know, um, can still help you with that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like listening, you know, especially to your veteran teachers, you might not always agree with everything, but when you come in and like, this is how I, you know, this is how it was at my last school, my last school, you're, you're kind of like, right. You want to make sure that you're really listening to see kind of how this school runs and then how you can incorporate what you want to do with what meshes with your school. And I think that's another thing new teachers kind of need to be careful about. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Moosey is asking, what is an international bac baccalaureate school? It's like a, it, okay, so international baccalaureate, it's been around, I think, since the 40s. <laughs> I had a feeling people were going to ask this. It's basically teaching kids how to be global citizens in this world, internationally minded. Um, it's We have different like planners that we teach that match with the standards that we need to teach as well but it's very inquiry based problem learning like problem uh problem based solving they do we do like all kinds of fundraisers and it's just a completely different way to teach like we teach kids to be open-minded and caring and balanced and risk takers and it's it's a whole thing like i i have like i could i mean i could if you want i wrote it down so i wouldn't forget anything <laughs> Because it's it's like I can't ever imagine teaching in a public school now after teaching in an IB school. Kids are like, I mean, it's all about like their inquiry and like learning about the things that they're interested in while still teaching the standards. So it's it's a really like amazing curriculum, a really amazing program to be a part of. So you know, I I would like more. I can if you want, I can read you my notes. <laughs> Heard of that school until I met you. You were the first. Really? Yeah, I didn't. Oh, know. they're like world renowned. Like they're everywhere. They're all over the world, and they they're the kids are prepared for school, like for college. They can go to college anywhere in the world as well, if they graduate with a DP. Yeah. Really, really interesting. I mean, I'll probably notice them all over the place. Now. It's kind of like when you buy a new car. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Someone whose name I'm going to ruin, as you <laughs> Pranav Chaudhary asked, what made you decide to teach the subject that you wanted to teach? So why, why third grade? Wow, <laughs> that's a great question. So I, I never wanted to be a teacher. I, I was like, I remember being in 
coming to California from Virginia in third grade and I got a six day summer and I was like the most angry third grader out there. I was like, this is not fair. I can't believe I have nine more years of school. Like I was like, I wrote school up right there and then. And then I remember being in college and I just kind of was like a lit major and I was like, oh, this isn't for me. It was like an epiphany. And like, I come from a huge line of teachers. Like we, I mean, I'm a second generation teacher. There's, I was like, I should be a teacher. And it, it just clicked and I mean, from the person who thought I would never set foot in a school again in my entire life after I graduated outside of like college, now 14 years later, <laughs> here I am. But I just, I mean, it comes naturally to me, you know? So I think uh, I'm a lifer, like I can't imagine. And I, I mean, you and I both started, we're around the same age. We started, I think you started at 27 and I was around 27 and... Yeah, so we're like got these like parallel lives, yeah. <laughs> parallel lives. <laughs> it's so I, you know, it's funny. First of all, I think I just I just was emailing with someone today that's starting. They're twenty nine or something like that. And they're just starting teaching, and they were nervous about it because they were older. And I just thought, I just think a lot of a lot of times, not all the time, right? Um, older teachers can have a lot more to give like they just have have learned stuff they've been mm -hmm. they've been places they've done stuff and a lot of times when you're 22 and you're just out of college you're mm -hmm. very very close to the student's age and mm -hmm. that doesn't always have to work against you either like I've seen very successful teachers that have started out at 22 but yeah. I felt like going in at 27 like I'd been places I'd done stuff mm -hmm. I had seen the value of ed of an education other places in the world and how people that didn't have it uh, kind of longed for the system that we have in the United States. Mm -hmm. and, and I just, I felt, I felt more ready than I think I would have. Like, well, anyway, 22 Reynolds was not ready to teach anybody. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm glad that I waited. But um, yeah, in terms of, why to teach? I think I, I like books. I, I think I literally think books are somewhat magical. Like mm -hmm. they are machines. They're places that people write things down and they never go away. They're, they're constantly there. Uh, they can, you can, you can learn anything else if you can learn to read. Right. So like mm -hmm. and I, and I don't yeah. any other subject area, because I, there's, because part of me, would like to teach other subjects sometimes. Like I would, I think science would be super fun to teach and, and it would be, give you a chance to experiment and, and think about how you learn and, and a number of other things. I think history is very interesting to me. Uh, I don't think I'd want to teach gym, but that's just my own preference. But uh, I, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of subjects that I would like to teach, but I think if you can read, you can learn anything and I have always really liked that and that's meant a lot to me in my life and once I started reading books uh I felt like the whole world opened up to me and that's that's what I want to impart on students um, <laughs> that's amazing but I, but I sometimes think like it would be cool to teach like sixth grade like I'm qualified I, I could do that for a little bit um that would be interesting yeah. but you know here I'm just in high school for forever here um, <laughs> Right? I know. I can't get out of third. <laughs> no. So 
No, I, but third is one of my favorite. Like, I love being in third grade. It's a good age. They, they laugh at all my stupid jokes. And, like, believe me, like, I think that's, like, I'm just going to take a little segue here. I think humor is another thing that is going to get you through. Like, you have got to be able to laugh and not take things so seriously. You know what I mean? Because... I mean, you just, I, I love to laugh. I love to have a good time. And my students always laugh at my jokes. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm like a celebrity with the eight-year-old. <laughs> if, if you're not funny by nature, you can still learn to, like, let things roll off your, I don't know how that term goes. But anyway, I, I'm, your back. I'm just thinking of, like, Jay-Z talking about, like, brush it off. Like, you have to learn <laughs> how to do that. Otherwise... It, the job will crush you. And so just learning how to let stuff go, realizing that yep. it's a big of a deal. Like if a student, if you don't, if you really tried really, really hard with the student, they still didn't pass or they still didn't get to the place where you wanted them, them to, like, it's okay. Like they, yeah. there are other years and follow up with that kid. Like just don't let them like disappear into the abyss of, of high school or elementary school. Like keep up with them and keep trying to help them. But uh, yeah, yeah, you, you just can't, it's something, it's a very serious job that should sometimes not be taken very seriously. Yes, yes, for sure. Ourselves, and that's only going to make it hard for you to, to carry on. Because um, it's like carrying around a lot of weight when you just don't, you just don't need to. Uh, Detroit teachers, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of this term, but she said, what do you think about the term performance punishment? She said, I just heard it the other day. I've never heard of this. You know what this is? No, is it towards students or towards the teacher? Because if it's towards a teacher, I think I have an idea, but I've not ever heard of it before. I've not either. So uh, if she could, if I'm assuming she's still watching this, uh, if you could leave that in the comments, like maybe a little bit about what it is, then I could probably, we could probably address that too. Because I have yeah. an idea of what I think it might be. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I guess like I, I guess we could take it on both ways, right? And maybe that'll answer her question. But I, I think like there's that whole thing where now they're um they're trying to to um kind of rate teachers based on how their kids are doing. And so if you work like in a low income school, like typically your kids are gonna struggle more than if you're like in an affluent like, you know, where the kids are you know, so I think that it could be that because then you have teachers who are like, well, if I'm going to be judged off the performance of the students, like, you know what I mean? And then like they've been talking about salary being connected to how your kids perform. And I think that's a horrible direction to be going. Like, I don't believe in testing. Like, I, I think it's wrong that we test kids, you know, but it's it's what it is. It's not that I can make a decision about it, you know. But then there's on the other side, there are people that you could say performance, like if a kid isn't doing well, then like, how does the teacher treat the, you know, like if a teacher is like, oh, you know, this kid can't get it or something like that. So I'm not sure which direction she's going, but either way, it's pretty awful. Yeah. Even in terms of that, I think too many times school, schools that I've been a part of, right? So I'm not going to like say all schools do this. Schools that I've been a part of will occasionally make rulings based on the lowest common denominator of teacher in the school, right? So they'll do things like, uh, so they'll be, I remember one year, there was this one teacher that called out all the time. And so they made the process to call out, and they had this problem with this one individual, they made the process to call out of school really complicated. Like you had to call, 
the principal, or not the principal, like the whoever was in charge of like attendance, you had to call the main office and you had to like fill out some form online to take a day off. Now, I know if I have the flu or if I have children that are vomiting all over the place, there's no way I'm making two phone calls and filling out an online form. It's just never going to happen. Here's what I'll do. I'll one person, let them know that I'm not coming into school that day, and that's how it's going to go. But thing with testing, because I've also known teachers that have been friends of mine outside of school, but I know that in the classroom, they were the worksheet guy, right? They handed out worksheets mm. every day. The kids finished whatever they were supposed to finish, turned it in. If they did, they got a grade. If they didn't, they didn't get a grade. And and they did very little work in terms of like teaching or helping students achieve. It was like they kind of hid in the room and handed out worksheets. And so mm. if we're looking at those types of teachers, testing yeah. a great idea, right? Like I'm going to test these kids because now we're going to we're going to make you work. We're going to make you do something. But for teachers that are really trying to t- meet the kids where they are and bring them up to where they could be or should be, it's testing is nonsense because yeah. I have ninth graders that really, I mean, some of my guys in the past have read on a second grade reading level and I don't fault them for that. I don't want to make them feel bad for that. I'm not trying to judge them on that, but I need to meet them at that second grade reading level and then get them to as high as I can in yes. a single school year. And to be honest, you're going to, even if you made three years of a jump, right? If you got them up to a fifth grade reading level, that's a big deal. Huge. There's that's huge. Yeah. That in a class of 30 or when I have 120 students all overall, that I'm going to get that student or those students up to a ninth grade reading level. And I think that's where testing fail because we're mm-hmm. not looking at those we're looking at lowest common denominator teachers and trying to push them pressure them into actually teaching and it's like what about the rest of us you know what i mean it's like it's it's stupid um, yeah so that's why i don't know i just fail to care about a lot of that stuff anymore <laughs> i'm with you man i am with you the job is about the kids it's only ever about the kids mm-hmm. and so that's what I choose to focus on. If they want to like mess with my pay, like guess what? I don't make that much money anyway. So like, yeah, <laughs> right, true. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I would, and I'm lucky enough, honestly, to be in a school that does not put a lot of emphasis on t- on on testing. We have the talk every year. We have all the meetings every year. But they even say every like this is not the be all end all. We know that you guys are all doing good work, and that yes, really good, and it feels. I know that I'm privileged to be in a school like that. So, you know, it's it's not lost on me ever. You're um, at a charter school as I'm well, at, right? I'm at a charter school, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if, if all charters are like that, but it's also similar to mine. They're more concerned that kids are growing than, like, a test score, if that makes yeah. sense. I mean, of course, the test score, you know, that, that factors a little bit, but... For them, they actually trust us. They're like, look, we know that you guys are phenomenal teachers. We trust what you're doing in the classroom. We can see what's happening. You know, We can see the growth. And that's far more important to them than, than a test at the end of the year. Well, you know, wow. and so it's, it's also an argument of, not to go too long on the subject, but at my school, we, it's uh, primarily African-American. It's all boys. And so we have like... There's like one Pakistani kid, one white kid, and one Asian kid that we pull into like every brochure so we look real diverse. But it's 
Um, yeah, it's always like if they're doing a picture of the papers there, it's like, go get those three. Yeah. We look like we have all kinds of people. So, <laughs> so in Philadelphia, at least, uh, black males have the lowest graduation rate of anyone else in the city. And so that was the reason that the school was started was to try and give um, like boys of color a, more of a chance to succeed. We have a hundred percent graduation rate, right? Or wow. Graduation rate, hundred percent college acceptance rate as well, right? Which is like awesome. way more than anyone else in the city um, or in Pennsylvania. Period. The, now the problem is our test scores aren't always high, uh, but it does, that to me like it doesn't. It's like when you when the state talks about funding, they are willing to lower your funding because your your test scores aren't mm -hmm. high enough. Or it could put your charter in jeopardy also. And it's like, yeah. I'm not looking full picture. Like, right. my boys are graduating. And then they're also, our our rate of like, I forget what they call this, but like whatever the rate is that shows that boys are actually, are my boys are graduating from college. So they're not just getting into a college, right? So a lot of charter schools will fudge their numbers and be like, oh, everyone's getting into a college. But then when they drop out two months in, it's like, yeah, we don't pay attention to that. They're not on our, mm. you know, they're not our responsibility anymore. We actually keep up with our guys through a very like organic kind of way. Like it's just teachers at my school calling boys while they're in college, making sure everything's all right. And if it's not, I love that. it's not part of a program or anything like that. Yeah. And so those guys are actually graduating from college, but then Amazing. You know, the state will say, but your test scores aren't up. And it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, look at this amazing stuff that's happening here. So let's take a step back and see, like, big picture what's going on here. That's amazing. That's right. such, like, that's so amazing to hear. I, I mean, I just, I love hearing that. Uh, Tracy Pinter is asking, do you have any back-to-school rituals or special activities to prepare for the start of the year? I like I kind of want to change up because I've done the same stuff and so I actually don't start for another week so I have to like start Pinteresting some ideas yeah. but typically like you know I I love to tell the kids my policy on homework that usually that suckers them in <laughs> they buy in pretty quickly you know because yeah. I try to give the most minimal amount of homework possible and I, it's only due at the end of the week. And I was, and then I tell them, like, my, I said, you might be busy on Monday and you want to do it all on Tuesday. That's cool. You want to do, you know, 10 minutes a day. That's your choice. Like, I'm not pressuring, you know, I get that you, you might come home and you might just be tired and don't want to do homework that night. Yeah. All good with me. And then they're like, yeah, she hates homework. I love her. And I'm like, <laughs> got you <laughs> they're still doing homework but I, I give the most minimal amount of homework possible so that's a good one and then just like having something that you know they're gonna get excited about and and really like building up the excitement for it like you know like reality TV right when they're about to kick somebody off like build up suspense or like tell them this cool thing's gonna happen right before recess and then be like oh I'll have to tell you after recess sorry and then they're like what <laughs> you know or like put in their head exactly how you want them to think about something. I always tell them like, I don't know what it is about my classroom, but time just flies so quick in here. I mean, it, I mean, before you know it, it's gonna be recess. And then like, I'll be like, all right, time for recess. And they're like, what? That was so quick. <laughs> you know, so you like, you can kind of like tell them what you want them to like 
feel about it and they'll buy into it. And they're like, you're so right. <laughs> like, I know. Um, yeah. I was commenting on here about, I told my son the other day we were at Ikea and I, I said, do you know Ikea? It, it means chocolate horse is what it, that word. <laughs> and my son, he always looks at me like he's not sure whether you should believe me or not. And so I don't know, that made me think of that. Do you, yeah. have any, like, what do you do to get ready for the beginning of the school year? Do you have any like personal rituals or, or stuff? Well, I start training myself to go to bed at a normal hour because I'm a total night owl. You know, I send, I send you in. Miss May texts like super late. I apologize. <laughs> but, I'm not disturbed, so I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah. But so, I mean, just kind of retraining myself. Uh, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, every year it's different. But for me, it's, I really work hard at the beginning of the year to make sure like my first six weeks or so is like ready to go, you know? Yeah. So, and then... I don't know. I mean, I wish I could answer this a little bit better in all honesty, but just really starting to get back on like a routine and a schedule and like working out and like, you know, making healthy dinners and, you know, not staying up at all hours. I think that like kind of gets you into the right mind frame because, you know, I'm all about Julying, <laughs> all about just like, you know, and you can't July in September. <laughs> so. I think I, I'm i one of those people that, like, even as a kid, before I did my homework, my room had to be clean. Um, otherwise, I would just get distracted by 27 different things. So I, just the other weekend, I spent the whole day or two, like, immaculately, like, cleaning every nook and cranny of my house. Like, all the ceiling fans got wiped down. All the baseboards got wiped down. I washed all the hardwood floors on my hands and knees. I vacuumed things that needed to be vacuumed. Like organizing things cleaning mm -hmm. stuff out it just put yeah. me in the state of mind where like i'm like my house is ready so that i can like then being at work and not think about yep. all those 97 things i need to do at home and then really cleaning my room also which kind of makes me sound like a clean freak but i like i like <laughs> when my desk wiped down i like when my yeah are dusted because the school does a certain number of things but they don't mm -hmm. do like all the little touches that i want done and i like when those boys walk in on the first day, I like my room to be like immaculate and ready yeah. to go. And other than that, I just try and find little things, something mm -hmm. every year to be excited about, right? So whether that's a new yeah. thing that I built in my classroom, something that I made, something, yeah. a new lesson that I'm going to do, or maybe that's like I got new shoes or a new shirt for the first day or something like that. Yeah. Something <laughs> that's going to, that, that first day is not going to be exactly like any other day that I ever mm -hmm. had. Because something will be new, something will be exciting, and I, I I think that's really fun to like yeah create the excitement for yourself so that you're pumped on the first day and not like lamenting that it's not the summer anymore. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think getting rid of chaos is also another really important part. I I, I don't think people understand that when you have a bunch of things or, like lying around or cluttered it makes you so much more unproductive because you're like, oh, I can't deal with this or I can't deal with that. But getting rid of the chaos and making sure everything's in its spot and it's clean and put away. Like, I don't leave my classroom unless it's clean for the next day. Like, I, I, it's a rarity if I have any, like, everything is put away because it's not fun to walk in and have things, like, all about, you know? Yeah. And that, I think that's a super, really, 
a super really a really important part <laughs> like it's it's important to keep things organized and clean for your own sanity um hold on we kind of i had a question queued up but we kind of <laughs> sorry i do that <laughs> um, no no that's cool uh oh wife where is my wife to read all these questions for me um This is, I can never do this without my wife again. Um, Detroit teacher, I'm trying to see. Oh, she said towards the teacher. So I guess that, I guess going back to that, like, um, teachers getting in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to do with that as well. So I just continue to think that that is dumb. Um so Monique Hernandez is asking, do you have any ideas for data tracking? I need as much help as I can get. I teach third grade. Uh, oh, another third grader. How do, you, how do you track data? What's what's your take on that? Well, we have something called MAP that we do. We do it three times a year. So what it, MAP, MAP, have you heard of it? Yes. Okay. So essentially, if you guys don't know what it is, the students have different things they take, like so reading, writing, you know, math, whatever it may be. And every time they get a question right, the next question is harder. And then once they get one wrong, it goes to an easier question. So it can kind of show where they're at. And I actually, we have access to, I mean, there's so much data you can do. You can even like break it down into strand, like this kid needs help with this specifically. Here's what you can do, ideas, they have lessons connected to it. So I use that a lot, map data. We I do it twice. So last year we did it twice, but this year I'm gonna do it twice before Christmas and once after. And it, it does help me to like kind of make my groups and who I need to work with. And so I love map data. And then the other thing, I get asked this question a lot when I live stream, like what it should I document? And it it's going to be based off of like what your kids needs are. So if it's a behavioral thing, you need to be documenting everything that they're doing. And I think where a lot of people make mistakes is they only focus on the negative. You got to be focusing on what they're doing. Well, you know what I mean? You, you need to be focusing on what they're doing. Well, and if it's academics, keep everything, you know, keep everything. So you have it on hand and you can like look at trends. You can see where they're doing well, where they're not doing well. If you're like third grade teacher, most third graders love to read, not all, but most. And I think that, you know, when they're silent reading, work with them one-on-one. -on -one. When I, I first started at my school, I had an hour every day where the German teacher would come and teach. And I would pull kids and I would watch. I would watch those trends like, all right, this kid can't subtract. And I would pull them and be like, one-on-one, -on -one, you and I are working on this. So, yeah. you know, keeping... Keeping that, and then like every school is different, so you're going to have to look, but every school has some sort of a benchmark that the district wants you to use, and really just looking over that data, take, you know, an hour a week or an hour every couple weeks and really start tracking them and see if you're noticing a trend would be my suggestion. Yeah, and I'll tell you, as a parent, I think tracking is so important because when I go into a meeting for one of my kids mm -hmm. and someone tells me, that they're doing really, really well, or they're growing, or they see a lot of improvement. I like to see 
like, it doesn't have to be numbers, but I want to see, like, in the beginning of the year, this was how many words they knew, or this is how much could read, or this is where they were, and now this is where they are. I like seeing that, and, and so parenting, in a lot of ways, has really informed the mm-hmm. type of teacher that I am, because it makes me do certain things that I know I like to see when I go to back-to-school night, or when I go to yep. teacher conferences and stuff. So, you know, I, I think... Even if you're not a parent, you could just think, well, what what would I, what kind of information would I want to know so that when parents come in, like, I, I can provide that sort of thing for them too. And, you know, that doesn't even have to be just like the regular stuff. It could be mm-hmm. whatever a student is struggling with. Maybe they don't share so well. Maybe they throw a lot of yep. temper tantrums. Maybe they don't get along well with others. And yep. you can sort of like, find ways to track little things like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they, I've noticed that they've been doing this more in class and that's really mm-hmm. great. Let me give you three examples of how that's played out. Yep. I just think that yep. that stuff is what parents would love to hear about as well. Like, give me the mm-hmm. data. Don't just tell me they're getting better or they're doing a great job. Like, yeah. How, how are they doing? Yeah. But I think the other thing that teachers need to do is, if they've determined that there's a kid that, you know, they need to be like kind of really focusing on and like they really want this kid to, you know, meet whatever goal it is, don't wait till parent conferences. You need to start contacting those parents right away. I mean, there is nothing, and I've said this in videos before, there is nothing worse, and I'm not a parent, but I mean, I can imagine, there is nothing worse then like, you're like, everything's going great. The teacher, everything's going great. My kid says everything's going great. I haven't heard anything. And then they come into parent conference and the teacher's like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, well, why, why are you waiting till now to tell me? You need to like really start informing. And I mean, especially too, that's the other thing, right? There are people always say, oh, how do I get parents on my side? Well, you need to keep them in the loop from like the get go. You know yeah. what I mean? You need, you need to like, Talk to them. I mean, okay, so maybe you can in the first couple weeks of school. That's understandable. But you need to start. If you want them to be on your team, you need to inform them about what's happening, you know? So I think that's don't wait. (laughs) Don't wait. Yeah, no. And because, one, it's like being sucker punched. And two. Yes. And I only know this because I've done it before. I've had that kid. I had a student that had a 13 in my class. And his mom showed up to parent-teacher conferences, and I was like, uh, yeah, so he has a 13. And she was like, how, like, why did, why am I finding out about this now? And I thought, I don't really know, because I never yeah. before, and I don't know better any better. And so, yeah, I think that – and I, I, I'm a person who I don't like calling home, because I teach readers, oh. right? So like, <laughs> yeah. Ninth grade, and I want to, I want to treat my guys – like they're young men and not like they're children. And so if I have to call home, I will. But I let parents know in the beginning of the year, like, unless I think it's dire, I try to handle all things in-house because I want that relationship to be to grow between me and, and the student and not to just like, I'm going to call your mom if, if you keep doing that. And so mm-hmm. because then when I do call home, kids know like, oh, like, Reynolds never calls home. It's it's the same thing as yelling. Yep. Like I never yell in class. And like, yep. I feel like I have yep. to. Because then when I do, it's like everyone looks like they saw a ghost. They're <laughs> terrified. Yeah. Like, Reynolds, did you hear Reynolds yelled in class today? And it's like, <laughs> that's yeah. how we had to do today. That's how we had to do it. 
So I think, yeah. And I think the other thing, like I hate talking to parents on the phone and I, I'm, I much prefer email if it's positive. I, I hate writing a email. I would rather you come in and, and we talk about it face to face because a lot can be read in between the lines on an email. And you might have written something and I, I've done it. I've written something that I thought was really nice and a parent took it completely wrong. So now I put a happy face. Oh. <laughs> I put a happy face, you know, I mean, because I want them to not misconstrue what I'm saying, you know? Well, even like if you text someone, right? You know this, like you've text someone at some point, you thought it was funny, and they were like, yo, what's up? Like, why did you diss me? Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm just going to make sure. videos about students this year and say, this student's not doing so well, and here's their problems. <laughs> Put them on. Total uh, I can't really do that with my third graders. <laughs> Let me know how that goes for you. There was another. Uh, oh, Edwin asked. Um, Edwin, who's always on here, he's, he's awesome, said, how do you mentor And he just prepare? started. I think he just started yeah, this yeah, week. That, so that's what his question, he said, how do you oh. mentor prepare setting up your classroom? I get to go in next week and set up, and I went in, into my room today during ED, and I was overwhelmed. Does, what does that look, what does setting up your room in the beginning of the year look like for you, and are there any tips in that that you would give people? Yeah, so he's right. It's super overwhelming because the reality is no matter what the schools tell you or no matter how much time they think they're giving you, there's there's not really enough time. So I I go in on, I mean, I, I went in a couple days this week and I mean, I worked last night until I think, uh, I don't know, like nine o'clock on stuff just preparing because I know that next week, in addition to all my meetings, we, then you have your team meetings, and then I have I have my teaching partner, and we have to meet. And so, reality is, we're going to have like a couple hours on Thursday to like set up our room, and you, yeah. it's impossible to do it in that amount of time. So, unfortunately, my advice is to go in as soon as they let you, even if it's just a couple hours a day. And but it is, it's extremely, especially if you've never set up your classroom, because. You know, you want it to look nice, you want it to look inviting, you don't want it to be overwhelming, but then at the same time, like, I mean, I've been doing it long enough now that I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of want this here, that there, like, it's easy for me, but I remember those first, those first times, like, and it is, it's stressful because you've got to, oh no, oh, that won't work there, but like, you know, you kind of are like, oh, what am I going to do? So, I think it's, it's, my best advice is go in on your off time and, and start getting it ready because you will not have time during that week, really. Yeah. That would be. <laughs> I mean, that's. They give you like two hours to do it, and there's just never enough. Right. And then, yeah. You know, I I think. <laughs> Darren. One, one, I try and make it as fun as possible, right? Like, yeah. Uh, even when my children were little, um, my kids loved Mary Poppins, and so I had this old Mary Poppins record, and I would play the song "A Spoonful of Sugar." And while it was playing, you had to clean up your stuff just as long as the song was playing. And then you were done, right? Like it was only as much stuff as you could get done. But playing that music made my kids like run faster. They were trying to get stuff done. They were like throwing yeah. stuffed animals to one another and then running up the stairs with them. And that just kind of showed me that like you can, you kind of can make almost any task. Mm -hmm. fun. So when I set up my room, yeah. I make an event out of it. Like I go in. I put on music that I really like. I turn it up really, really loud. I try to go to school when no one else is there so that I don't have 79 mm -hmm. different people coming in that just want to chill. Yeah. Because there's always that, 
that my friend Brian, who I teach with, has like one poster <laughs> that he hangs up in his room and then he wants to just come and chill with me for the rest of the time. I'm like, bro, you're just, you're just messing me up. Like, I'm trying to get stuff done. So I make an event out of it. Like, I'll, so, and sometimes I bring other people. Like, I'll bring my kids. My daughter loves wiping down my desks for some reason. Um, my son likes doing photocopies. So I'll like show him how to do one and then he just stands there and collects all the copies and brings them to my room. And then <laughs> I think the other thing is, is focusing on one area at a time, right? So maybe it's mm -hmm. your desk, right? You're going to get your desk in order. Then if you have bookshelves or if you have kids desks or activity centers, like you're looking at that one area because, and get rid of the idea that everything's going to be done for the beginning yeah. of the year. Like you just yes, yeah, but you can just keep going. Like the beginning of the year, the workloads usually for me anyway is a little lighter, so I can still get things done. I'll stay after school for an hour for a couple of days mm -hmm. and I knock some stuff out. Or even better, if you have students that are responsible that can help you, then give kids once the kids come back, be like, Hey, I need you to help me alphabetize yeah. something organize something or clean something and kids love they that. love it yeah they do <laughs> they totally love it yeah it's so <laughs> then i'll have their parents come in and their moms are like wait what do you mean he was like windexing your window like he's never windexed a thing i don't even know he knew what windex was in my house and I'm like, well, like, not only does he do that but he like vacuums my room every friday like you know, <laughs> yeah. cool well, because I think partly too is they just they like to hang out with you and talk to you. So and they and they know like they know how hard it is and they they want to help. You know, so I, at least that's what I tell myself. And they, they just make it Even if your kids are in there, like let them pick the song and like just make it a fun moment and like focus on one thing. Like for thirty minutes, I'm going to yeah. make my desk the best that it can be, and then move on from there and, and do something else. But yeah, so I it is it can be daunting, but I really, really like it now. Like, yeah. when I like get my new Glade plug in because all ninth graders see the parts and below, and I like plug it in, and I'm and I'm putting on music, and I'm get I'm having a great time. Like, so yeah, I think that's yeah uh, for sure. And like like you said, having those time limits. So because if you don't, you will spend all this time like laminating something, and then you're like, oh. You set your time limits, like 20 minutes to do this, 30 minutes to do this, and like stick to it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, and I I do always wonder about the teachers who have like everything up, and I'm like, but you should be building your classroom with them, so you, you it's okay to have some blank spaces too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, elementary, my dear Wilson, at, said, I taught last year, but I, but a different district, and it was much easier, in quotes. Uh, I had a total meltdown after school today. What do I do with students when they just won't listen? Does it get any better? Uh, first of all, that's the worst. It of course gets better because nobody would ever teach because every single person has, has had And we would just have schools that were empty of teachers if it didn't get any better. Um, have you ever had an experience that was the worst? And if so, how did you climb out of that or make it better? Yeah, actually, I mean, I've had, I've, you know, 14 years, of course, you're going to have something, you know what I mean? And I think I remember having this one class, I remember getting my first job back teaching in the States. And my mom was like, 38 kids in one, she's like, that's a huge caseload for elementary, that's a big number. 
they're like, did you give, did they give you more kids because you're new? And I'm like, no, they gave the other two 39. So I had a bungalow with zero windows. The air conditioner would break all the time. It would be like 90 plus in the classroom. And of course the kids are like on top of each other and they were getting, you know, so upset and they would be arguments and stuff like this. And I just remember thinking, no, I, I'm going to just keep plugging away. And eventually you start chipping away at, you know, the kids and they, they start kind of really connecting with you. And then when they connect with you, they want to like make you happy and they want to please you. So it's, it can be a slow process. And I think if you have, especially a kid that's trying you, my best advice is do not react. That kid is looking for your reaction. They are just waiting for it. And they know because they've done it with other teachers. And, and that's probably very typical for them. And you yeah. just, as soon as the kid does something that like, you're like, oh, don't react. <laughs> just kind of, you know, move yourself off and do something else and then come to it when you can sit and listen to the kid, right? Like really listen to them and really talk to them. But if you can't do that and you're upset and you're angry, you need to not, <laughs> you need to not get into that moment. You need to wait until you can listen to it with a clear head. And I think that when you have, when you show the kid that you will listen to them, even if they did something to upset you, you're gonna slowly start to kind of win them over to your side. And I used to have a student who would do this all the time. And then by the, I don't know, mid year or so, he was like, you always listen to me. You always listen. And I was like, and I always will, but I'm still gonna hold you to a set standard. So that's my best advice. Do not react to those situations. You need to just move yourself back just a little bit. And then when you can come at it like unbiased, come back. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think never ever put yourself in in a power struggle with a student. Yes. Just like call a security guard or your or your principal or vice principal or dean, whoever handles that stuff. Just give them a call and like I, I try to never I only show anger in the class when I know it's going to be effective. It's always calculated. You have to learn how to like hold that in and not just accept yeah. it because if you start crying in front of your class or being really, really upset in front of your class and you lose your, your crap, like the, the kids have won and you can come back. And they know it. That. Like, even if that happens, it's not the end of the world, but I'll tell you, I once taught, um, it was my first year at a school and they gave me, I was, I wasn't supposed to teach seniors. I was only supposed to teach freshmen. They give me a senior class where it's the basketball team and the football team in the same class at 40 kids Everyone was gigantic because it was. <laughs> it looked like a room full of bears. It, they were enormous, the biggest I ever taught in my life. And so I had a student who the year before had thrown a teacher up against the wall off of his feet, held him against the wall, and told him that he was going to kill him. He got to go to the school for some reason. Um, who that first day. Uh, was cheating on an assessment that I gave like begin it was, it was like a test on their summer reading or something like that I gave him a zero on it and he was like f you and I was like what like what are you talking about it's a school you can't like you can't yell at me yet like I you know if I deserve it later I suppose but um and that was, but the whole year was like kids almost getting in fights kids throwing things at other kids like people mm -hmm. hurting one another and it was 
I thought my head was going to explode. It was so hard. <laughs> I hated it. Yeah. Until I just, I talked to a friend and he said, well, what's the worst that could possibly happen? Right? Like if kids get into a fight, I like, and I told the kids in the beginning of the year, I said, if you get in a fight, you better be ready to throw down because there's no chance that my skinny little butt's going to break up a fight between any of you guys because that would be like a muskrat breaking up bear. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to just literally work on each kid at a time, building relationships with each student inside and outside of the class, um, making things like just – I had a student in class who was like going to be a big deal basketball player was like getting recruited by all these schools didn't want to do work was just kind of like a jerk in general. And I made this fake camera out of a box of paper clips and I used to pretend that I was taking his picture and then I stopped handing his work back because you just leave it all over the floor anyway. You never took it with him. And he's like, one day he's like, how come you don't give me my work back? And I said, well, actually literally every day you're autographing something for me. And if you do become a big deal, like, like I have hundreds of your autographs on all kinds of stuff. Like no one else has this. And so, and then I would pretend I was like taking his picture all the time, or I would just look at all the time. And that those kind of like silly interactions really worked, and it really it kind yeah. of like made the situations so ridiculous that mm-hmm. I like like I went. So the kid that told me yeah. like you. And, and thought like, cause he, he told me one day, he goes, do you even know what I did to another teacher last year? So I would just start acting like he was tough. Like when I would give his papers back, I was like, you know, I don't want to upset you, but here's, here's your paper. And just doing stuff that's that ridiculous. It just helped me win because yeah. honestly, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, even if you lose your job, you lost your job at a, in a classroom that was nuts and Maybe you're not ready for it, and if the school wasn't ready for you to work it out, but if the yeah. kids are, are that bad, I don't. I really don't see someone losing their job because they're probably trying to have a hard, having a hard time keeping people in there anyway. So be patient with yourself, yeah. Be patient with your kids, build the relationships inside and outside of the class, and yeah. just know like what's the worst that's going to happen. You're not going to catch on fire if the kids act bad. Like it'll be all yes, right. yeah, yeah, true. It's so true. Jenny, wait, Reynolds, Jenny Day was asking if you t- wanted to teach at an all boys school on purpose. Uh, no, I went to all boys school because they offered me a job. Um, no. <laughs> so I, but I do now realize the absolute value of all boys education. Um, mm-hmm. Boys act different when they're in school with girls. I don't think co-ed schools are bad. I don't think they're wrong. Um, but I do see the value if you choose to send your child to an all boys school because it, it, boys, in my experience, are less likely to share their feelings about something, their opinion about mm-hmm. something. The only acceptable emotions are like anger and, well, pretty much anger. And uh, I can get Thank boys you. to go a whole lot deeper and talk about a lot of other stuff if girls aren't in the room. Um, yeah. So my and my guess is girl all girls schools are are very similar mm-hmm. I, but I just am not I'm not like I would never be interested in teaching in an all girls school just yeah and I loved teaching I keep up with more old female students than I do male students but uh 
but something I don't know. I it's something I just for me I really like being in an all boys school. So yeah. But yeah. Um, let me see if, what else it was. This is so tough. <laughs> I really feel bad for elementary, my dear Mr. Wilson, because I I know what that's like, and it just sucks to start. Your <laughs> Especially the beginning of the school year. It's just... Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember, like, coming home, like, I, I don't know how long, maybe it was, like, three, four years ago, and I had a really, like, I, so I always have two classes every year, and one class in particular was extremely, like, difficult to, like, rein in. And I remember coming home, like, every day, like, laying on the floor, and I was like, I'm so tired, you know? But you just have to, like go back and say, all right, it's a new day. And eventually you win them over. But it, I mean, it happens to all of us. Like, yeah. don't feel like you're alone. We've all been there. We all have those, those days and those classes and, and yeah. you just keep going in every day with a positive attitude. Positivity is key. It really, really is. Yeah. Positivity. <laughs> kind of last thought on that too is you can't look at other teachers. Teachers love to front. Teachers love to look like yes. they are like it's so easy. I'm, I'm killing it in this class. Like a lot, I, I, I notice a lot of teachers doing that. Especially, you know, if you watch someone's YouTube channel, they're only going to put out their greatest hits. Like most people aren't. <laughs> they're not going to show a class that's like falling yeah. to pieces. Um, and so it's real easy to I think look at what other people are doing and just think that it's like totally flawless and easy and like um i should just I, this makes me want to make a video about just times that i've totally failed and it's been a total right <laughs> because i i just feel like that could be something new um so last two questions um because my kids are downstairs and they're trying to get up here now um, you know that this is like i could go forever <laughs> you're like a six yeah this is like yeah. the, the warm-up for you right uh, <laughs> Julianne Roselli said, how do you try to engage those students who seem to refuse to do any work, even the fun ones that aren't work heavy? Uh, what do you do with, with kids that are like, you know, they're not going to do it. I dare. Do, do you deal with that? It, of course. Of course. I mean, especially, I think that the most pushback in third grade comes with writing. But it really, truly does because they, they, it's like they can't get their, they have ideas in their head, but they, they doubt themselves that it's good enough. And they just, sometimes they just will not put it down on paper. And it is, it is definitely a struggle. But I find that typically what I do with those kids is I say, okay, all I want from you is this, and I'm going to help you write it. You tell me your thought, and I'm going to, I'm going to write it. Then we're going to look at the sentence and see, do you like it? And if not, we'll change it. And just kind of like, you have to look at each kid. Like if you have a kid who like refuses to write, then don't make it such a daunting task for them, right? And I had another kid I remember years ago, years ago, like 12 years ago, something like that. And he refused, refused to do like a, what did I do over the summer? He just did not want to do it. And for 45 minutes, he dug his heels in and I let him. I just was like, I'm not, I got other kids to worry about right now. And then I came to him and I said, okay, what about this? Would you be willing to do this? No, nah, he wasn't having it. I was like, all right, I'll come back in a little bit. And you just have to kind of keep coming up with ideas and present it. And maybe one of them takes. And you know what? 
it might be that during that, that kid's just not going to do it. And that's just how it's going to be. But every time you do something and every time they refuse, just keep coming at them with ideas and suggestions. And eventually, they're going to want to try. So I think, I think it's a matter of really feeling out your kids and not pushing them too hard, but not allowing them to just get away with doing nothing either. Yeah. I think it's situational. You kind of have to like feel it out a bit. Yeah. I, so I have, and so my, my grade is different and my school is a little bit mm -hmm. different. So I have a couple of different ways I, I go about this. I tell my students one that I, I, I'm there for them. I want, I love teaching. I want them to succeed. and I want to have the greatest year ever. That being yeah. said, I feel like you showing up to my class every day is you kind of like accepting yeah. whatever, like you're, you're showing up to play the game, right? It's sort of like, like if I meet you at a basketball, I assume we're going to play basketball. If right. you do not play basketball, you need to leave. And so I tell guys like, no one's making you be in my room. Like, and, and so I'm not, not everyone should do this because this could totally backfire on you. But mm -hmm. I've always told students, if you don't want to be in here, just don't show up to class. Like you can, like we, what I want is a room full of people that are ready to play the game. And if you don't want to play mm -hmm. the game, then you can leave. You can go hide in the bathroom. There's plenty of seats in there, you know, just chill. Yeah. Um, and I've never, ever had anyone walk out of my class, but that kind of sets the right. tone for the beginning of the year. Like yeah. what I want to do, if you don't do work, I will, a couple of different ways to handle that is one, I'll let you know what the phone call is going to sound like home. So I'll say, look, right now, or I'll say, um, are you, you're not, are you refusing to do work? Because if you say it like that to a kid, it's like they have to say yes or no. And if they say, yes, I'm mm -hmm. refusing to do work, then that phone call home sounds a whole lot different. Or that discussion with the principal yeah. or whoever the disciplinarian is, it's like, no, they're refusing to do work. Yeah, they like actually told me I refuse to do work. So most kids will tell you no, and then they'll sit up and get to it. Yeah. Or I just go, all right, here's what the phone call is going to sound like. Hey, um, my name is Mr. Reynolds. I teach your son in class. He's refusing to do work in class. I only want the best for him, and I make myself sound like, you know, the most shining superstar teacher. Right. But then, <laughs> yeah. Despite all of my efforts, your child's failing to do work, uh, and what can you help me do with that? And, and that – then – the students get a sense of like, well, I know if I get a phone call like that, exactly what the repercussions of that are going to be. And so that helps sometimes also. And, but before I, you know, or uh, one other thing I do, not before or after necessarily, but like, is I'll hold that kid after class or after school and I'll say, what I need to know what's going on. Because mm -hmm. if I know that if you knew you could succeed, then you would be doing the work. If you knew yeah. you could be great, you would do the work, but you obviously don't. So let's figure that out. Let, like this yeah. obviously has nothing to do with the assignment. It has everything to do with you. So let me try and connect with you on a, on a better level. And then we can like, so I'm going to meet you where you are so I can like help you to do what you need to do and be who you need to be. And I think that goes a long way because yeah. usually most other teachers, I think would probably just, you know, that, that kid probably has had enough teachers anyway that have been mm -hmm. like, like, well, then get out of here or, um, or, oh, fine, you have a zero then or kick you out of class or whatever. And so I'm trying to say, no, like, if you showed up, you know, per our agreement, we're going to figure out a way for you to play the game. Like, you don't just get to sit on the bench the whole time. Right. Uh, yeah. So I think that that helps. Uh, there was a question 
So a, bu a couple of people in the comments on you now are yeah. asking, how do you deal with difficult <laughs> parents or with parents yeah. that are mean? Um, so, Jenny, so, have you ever had to deal with really mean yeah. parents or student of yeah. your students? Yeah. So I, I think a lot of times, too, that this is the biggest problem for new teachers because I think sometimes if you're new, parents, like, they'll be a little bit more hypercritical of you as a teacher and they'll more likely see fault and you need to be very, like, you need to be able to stand behind every decision that you make and, and show the reasons why you made it. And if you are a lot more confident in, in who you are as a teacher, you're more likely for them to see you as that confident teacher. They, they don't want to see somebody who's, you know, weak or doesn't know what they're doing because they will hone in on that, right? And I think the other thing, too, that would be, it works really well in elementary, and I actually think that, I, I think Miss May does this, too, is sending home positive emails. Well, I think she does phone calls, but I will literally pull a kid and say, I see that you did this today. I think we should let your mom know, and or your dad, or whoever. And then I'll also ask them, I say, do you want me to include anyone else? Like, do you want me to include the principal? Do you want me to include, and we'll write an email together, because I, I can't hear on the phone very well, but, so we'll write an email together, and I usually will, like, put it in the, the description, I'm like, behavior, <laughs> without, like, you know, like, like, side face, and, like, parents are, like, they free, you know, or, like, uh, like, test, or something, you know what I mean, and then they're like, I opened it, and I was so worried, and then I saw this great email, and you made my day, and, and usually, like, after I construct the email with, like, the student, when they're, like, leave, I go, P.S., like, go do something nice, like, go get some hot chocolate, or, like, go out to a movie, or do something special, because I really think that they, they worked so, so hard for this, and I'm so proud of them, and I'll just put that little P.S. in there, you know, and I think that if you are focusing, even if it's a kid that, like, you know, can be trying, <laughs> uh, somebody who's, like, you know, I think those are the kids especially that you need to hone in on and send those emails because I can guarantee those parents probably have not gotten very many of those and you will find that you have less mean, did they say mean parents yeah. or like hypercritical, you will have a whole lot less of that coming your way when you are sending positivity back. Yeah, I um, my daughter's sneaking in here and so that's, it was Jack. Hi. Uh, do you want to peek in real quick? She wants to be in well, now you Hi! <laughs> I totally peaked. She uh, peaked and I was like, I peaked. <laughs> Alright. Hi! This goes not for our family. Right. She yeah. is a different family. Alright, can I finish up? I'm almost yeah. done. Alright, so uh, just be quiet if you're over there. The whole gang. Bye. Um, I think for mean parents, one of the things I really try to do is I try to really convince them that I... I'm there because of their child that like, mm -hmm. I, I'll say things like, well, of course, you know that, like, I only want the best for your kid. Like I'm, I do this job so that I can, like, I'm here to serve you and your child. And that's what I want to do. And I think sometimes using language like that might be weird mm -hmm. for people, but it puts a different spin on the situation. I'm not trying to be right. I don't want to be the best. I want your kid to have the greatest year ever. And so yeah. any doing in class is only trying to push them towards that goal and I, I just feel like that like little conversations like that really work with could you could we
not jump on the bed yet. Second, give me a second, please. Um, it's turning, it's goodness. Um, so I think madness at the beach that really, really work. And mm -hmm. I think you're right. Like those little compliments, especially yep. if a kid is trying, like just a quick call home and saying, Hey, I, you know, cause I think a lot of parents are really, really used to getting a certain kind of call yep. home from a teacher or an administrator and calling home and saying, yep. Hey, I just want you to know that like this week was better than last week, or mm -hmm. I got more than half of the homework turned in, or they shared something with the other, someone else in class. Like whatever little thing you can find, that's going to put you on a parent's radar as being a little bit of yep. a different teacher than maybe they're used to and that doesn't mean you're trying to be better than everyone else it just means you're trying to like help that kid i don't know see even see themselves as being different than they are used to being seen so you might be the very first teacher that actually sends positive emails home to them you know what i mean you yeah. like literally could be the first one that's ever done that they they may have only seen negative negative and and they, they are just as nervous <laughs> that their kid is doing well as you want their kid. You know, they get super, like, especially if it's a pattern, you know, they're like, oh, is this year going to be like all the other years, you know? And I think that um, really just letting parents know, like, I'm here for your child and I actually see this, this, and this, yeah. and it's all great things. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the most important thing, really. It, it just is. And I, I think that too many people focus only on reaching out when it's a problem. And I think that that is a huge mistake in teaching. It, 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 that's one thing. And then the other thing that I do, suggestions for like new teachers or whoever's watching this, I have a checklist. So I have, I'm going to have 56 kids this year, which is a lot for third grade, not high school, but yeah. And I actually make a checklist and I, I write, I, I mark off every kid that I've ever like sent an email or talked to the parents something positive so that I don't miss a single kid. Yeah. Right? And like if they're on if their number has not been crossed off, I need to start paying attention to that child because I've not sent something home. I think, you know, keeping track of who and making sure you hit everybody at least once. And then the other thing that I always do is I write one letter to each kid, or I try some years, I'm not so great with it, but writing a letter to the kid about why I appreciate them, it goes over huge. Like, one letter to that child, it's not to the parents, it's to them. And yeah. So those are a few things that I do. That's a really, really good point and a really good way to kind of to track that. Um, and there's some kind of, like, secret pleasure I get out of, like, calling a parent that doesn't expect it and they're like yes that's my kid it's like oh i just wanted to call and tell you they did a really great job today yeah. so, that, i it's like i don't know it's like surprising someone with with joy um yes kate i'm gonna cut it off there because everyone's going nuts <laughs> um i'm trying to all right so <laughs> All right, so um, I'm going to go and go be a parent now. Um, so thanks so much for doing this. I've been waiting for you to be on yeah. here for a while, and I'm glad like, to be on here with you. So Yeah, I remember when you first came over to Unal. I was like, we're not yeah. discovered to Unal. <laughs> so. uh, all right, it's, we're melting down here all of a sudden. Um,
I'm going to say, if anyone has questions that we did not get to, please leave them in the comment section, or you can go over to Kate's channel at Kate the Sleepy Artist, and you can no, check no. channel. No, no, Kate, I'm still Kate the Sleepy Teacher on YouTube. On YouTube. Okay, so yeah. go over there and ask questions. You can go here and ask questions. Kate, if you see anything in the comment section on this yeah. video, like go ahead and answer anything that you want to. Of um, course. And that's that. So thanks so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Sorry that ended so strangely. And <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Cool. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Kate. Peace. Okay. <laughs> all right, gang. If you need uh, anything else answered, do you have any questions? Do you have any comments? please leave them in the comment section below and I would love to get back to you. If it's a private matter and you want to email, that would be cool too. So go ahead and do that and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Thanks guys. Peace.